Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> What's Min Cash or not? Well, it's Survivor style, so it would have been 40 people left. 500 pay to first. Five five thousand to last. Would have been nice. Yeah. It's like thirty k all. Yeah, I mean everyone gets one. I, I made like three k. Okay. Just, I mean whatever. It, it just the way I, I wanted to. Obviously, if I was gonna lose, which I you know most likely was gonna, I would have just liked to go out with my. You know, it's like in the NFL, like you have a, a team in the finals and a guy gets hurt. It's like come on, yeah. go yeah. out. With with everyone deciding not to leave Bermuda, the fucking island. <laughs> God damn it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome. We're live on a Wednesday. That's not true. We're live on a Tuesday, Election Day, November 3rd, 2020. Moment we get done here. I'm heading over to polls, exercising my patriotic duty to put in my vote, Ben Rasa, because that's what we do here in America. How you feeling today, brother? It's good. It's funny you say that. I also, I woke up and... I was like in a mode of, I got to build golf lineups today. And then I slowly realized that it was Tuesday, not Wednesday. It has a Wednesday feel to it. I'm not going to lie. It certainly does. I'm Dave Lochran and along for the ride, as always, Sal Vetri. What's going on, Sal? Crazy weekend. We talked about it before we got started. Uh, Just, you know, once again, slate breakers and Dalvin Cook uh, and DK Metcalf. But I was actually pleasantly surprised to see it be someone like Dalvin Cook and not 30 plus percent owned chalk. That was the reason you either won or lost. Yeah, exactly. Not not the uh, Derrick Henry week again, but yeah, yeah, doing good. I guess the petition to uh, I saw you and Adam and then some people, and I'm I'm on the bandwagon for it to eliminate defenses from DFS capping their upside. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to Miami Dolphins. I think what were they twenty four hundred? And yeah, I mean crazy day. So you get you get the election, you get the trade deadline in a couple hours, and then also also helping some people out there. If you're into sandwiches, Jimmy John's is doing half off for National Sandwich Day. So a lot's going on today. I don't have any Jimmy John's within the vicinity of my house. Like I just 
hundreds of miles here to Lafayette. Yeah, You're not it, in New York. It's not happened. Now I've I've eaten there before. Their commercials are great, but um, I have not gone there. Are you so? Are you going to do it, Sal? Are you going to take advantage of that bargain? I don't really know. I mean, I I just had a big old omelet, so I'm not sure. But I think I'm going to take uh, I think I'm going to take that and go over to I like Jersey Mike, so I might try and leverage it and be like, hey, these guys are doing this. You going to honor this? So you might have to do you that. Know what's up? We have Jersey okay. Mike's up here, and around yeah, pretty like good. That. Around this way, we have like legitimate cheesesteak places. Yeah, so. well, you, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm fine with any of that stuff. I'm not really all that picky. And I'm not trying to get a cheesesteak from Subway, but <laughs> no, that's not the answer. I'm willing to make some sacrifices. Anyway, we're happy to have you guys with us as always. Uh, it's the Tuesday First Look show heading into week nine. If you missed yesterday, Josh Ingleman, Adam Sher, and myself recapped everything uh, from week eight put a bow on that one with Monday night football. And now we turn the page on to week nine. So uh, let's just jump into it, fellas. Before we do, if you guys have yet to do so yet, uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Ben, Ben, Ben tends to think that some people think I'm saying that, that subscribing is to something else. And if that's the case, well, that's not good. We're talking about YouTube entirely free. You haven't done so yet. Uh, look, you'll get more recommended in your feed. It'll show up on the browsing feature more so you'll never miss our shows, assuming you want to see them. And if you do, uh, hit that. If you don't like it, click unsubscribe, and you'll never have to hear from us again. But, uh, you know, it work, It helps us out a ton so we can keep putting free content out there, uh, expand our reach in the YouTube community, but also you, uh, so you'll always know when we're doing new stuff. So hit that thumbs up as well, but most importantly, subscribe. We appreciate all of you guys for getting us over that 40,000 mark yesterday. We cleared it by a mile, all thanks to you. All right, Sal, let's dive into it. We go quarterback here, then we go running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then we give our favorite punt, defense, special teams. Maybe it'll be a, maybe we'll get another Miami type spot this week. Hopefully one of us hits on it. But if we kick it off with quarterback, you've got Mahomes, Murray, Wilson up at the top, followed by Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen rounding out the 7K and up tier. Mahomes is the only guy north of 8K. Um, I feel like you have a couple good spots here, but you are going to have to pay if you want to get to one of these guys. What are you thinking at the top of the quarterback position? Yeah, so, I mean, just to start off with Mahomes, it's a little bit different than last week because you have some more guys back on this slate now, whether it's Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson comes back onto the slate. So there's more options just to choose from in general. And, I mean, it's not a 35 implied total. It's a 31 implied team total. So that's a pretty decent difference at this point. He got the five touchdowns last week to really pay it off for a lot of people. I'll still have interest there just because the stacking options are fantastic. Seeing what happens with Sammy Watkins and and if that's going to be a fuzzy situation, maybe it gets even better with him being relatively cheap. So I still like Mahomes, but the guy who stands out the most at this probably 7K plus range is just Russell Wilson. I thought he would probably come in with a Mahomes tag at at 7,600. Buffalo right now is they're allowing their opponents to run top 10 plays per game in the league. Seattle's running a ton of plays on offense themselves. And then Buffalo's also bottom 10 in yards per play allowed so far this year. So in, in Seattle, in their regard on offense, is number one in that department. So you're going to have a lot of plays overall in this game. They remain efficient. And I think it's a fair price point. Like I thought you were going to get an 8K tag, but $7,600, a 28 implied team total. Uh, probably Russell Wilson on first look at 7600 I have no disagreements there. As a matter of fact, that was the one that really stood out to me. Uh, Mahomes is pretty expensive, but he's always positioned to put up some monster numbers as well. Ben, what about the top tier, the quarterback position for you? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you're never going to go wrong going to to those two guys. Uh, The guy I was interested in, though, is coming off the bye. It's been bad. 
Sean Watson seems always, even, even against these games, it's like, oh, well, it's the Jaguars. I have no faith in the Texans. It's not like I'm worried they're going to blow him out. And even if they do, he's going to be heavily involved. Jags dead last in passing yards allowed per attempt. Like I said, coming off the bye, 7,100. Uh, I easily could see that South game devolving into a massive shootout. So I think he's the most interesting of the five. Probably not the safest, but he may be the one I'm most interested in. When I look at the the sub 7K range, Ben, I, I, I was amazed and I tweeted this last night that no one would have seen this coming prior to the start of the season. Hell, even after a couple of weeks. Lamar? Just... Justin Herbert is $100 less expensive than Lamar Jackson on DraftKings this week. Jackson's $6,900. Herbert is $6,800 facing the Las Vegas Raiders. It's really a crazy turn of events from what any of us could have imagined. I mean, look, in season-long leagues, Lamar Jackson was going in the first round in a lot of spots, second round minimum, uh, and and you were seeing him well above 8K for most of the year. Now you've got Baltimore coming in to this game with an implied total of 24, laying three points against the Colts, and a pretty difficult matchup, but still a beatable one at 6,900. And then you have Herbert with a 27.8 implied total, uh, laying one and a half points against the uh, the, the Raiders. So I, I just had to bring it up that you've got these two guys so close in salary. Does it draw you towards Lamar? Does it draw you towards Herbert? Do you stay away from both and go to someone else at the tier? What do you say? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Herbert guy. I, I just, I think we're starting to lose some of the value because they've made adjustments. This guy is slinging how they lose. It's a different show. How the chargers lose these games consistently is truly unbelievable. Uh, I know the Falcons do it in their own ways, but the way the chargers do it is, is truly shocking. But I want to go to Lamar for a second. You mentioned the price. He was bad last week. But at the same time, what we saw, I got what I wanted from him. He had 16 rushing attempts. And if you're going to tell me that's the type of volume we're going to see in competitive games, it's just a matter of time. And this is not an easy matchup. But at the same time, I still think the ceiling is intact for him. So if I'm going to get a little discount. You have options. I will go right back to Lamar, despite what was a really poor game by him last week. Yeah, I, I think people up until last week are underestimating the Steelers too. It's just a fantastic. Of that. You were on the Steelers, and I, I certainly was on the other side. And I, yeah, there were a lot of turnovers, but the Steelers just keep getting it done. Yeah, their defense is scary good. What Lamar had three fumbles, lost two, right, and got yeah, I got picked twice. That's what I'm saying. Uh, they frustrating game. I thought they should have won, but when you turn the ball over like that, you don't deserve to win. They had a ton of chances. You're right about that, Sal. The the tier even outside of Jackson and Herbert, and please feel free to hit on them too, is, is pretty loaded with guys that we could at least make arguments for. Matthew Stafford against Minnesota. I think all of us are a bit disappointed that up until this week, he hadn't attempted 40 plus passes or even more than 36 since week one against Chicago. Ben Roethlisberger against Dallas. There's not a line on that game, but I'm putting it. I think I have them. I set my own line here, Sal. I'm going to turn it over to you, but uh, I set it at 16. I put the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 31-point total. I gave Dallas 15. Uh, We're waiting on the quarterback situation there. But point being, there's a lot here in this 6K range that could go off. Might not mean we love them, but could go off. Yeah, I mean, to just start off at the top between the Lamar and to close the uh, door on Lamar and Herbert, it's tough because, like, 
Lamar this entire season has been all over the place, but this is like your buy low spot, not just on Lamar, but if you wanted to stack it, Andrews and Hollywood Brown have dropped in price points where the opposite is true with Keenan Allen coming up, Mike Williams coming up for Herbert and himself staying at the same price basically as last week. So I actually probably jumped to Lamar in this situation, but it's still more appealing to just stack up Herbert and GPPs to probably run him naked or just run him with just Mark Andrews, not a full game stack. After that, it's really just Matt Ryan. Like, I like the 7K, the, the Herbert and above range a lot. It's very similar to last week. I don't see much below here. A couple of guys have some interest. Matt Ryan at 6,400 might be the cheapest that I go. Denver's defense is somewhat of a concern, but a 29 team implied total. You have to see what happens with Ridley. It, it doesn't seem early on that he's expected to play, but we'll have to track that throughout the week. Still other options, Julio being the obvious one there, but that's where I would probably go to 50 implied total. It's also expected to be right now through all the games, the second fastest paced game between Denver uh, and Atlanta. So, do you have anybody else in the mid-range, Ben, before we drop down to some value options here, which there are a couple. I mentioned one to you before the show that uh, you might be on board with me for because you love this guy, but we're not there yet. I, I think this is, or uh, you know, in terms of the mid-range, it's just we have five guys that we talked about at the top. I want shares of them. Uh, I'll probably pay down. It really leaves little to no room for these, I'm going to call them statue quarterbacks. There's a bunch of them in a row. They're not really mobile. I just don't really see the appeal on, on these slates, 11-game slate, too much for me. Okay. What about the uh, what about the cheaper options? The one that stood out to me early on was Drew Locke against Atlanta. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Drew Locke has been particularly good uh, or, for that matter, efficient at all. He hasn't been. And it does appear that Atlanta's defense, especially getting back some healthy uh, DBs, has looked a little bit better. But – uh, I, I could see this game being one that, that that features a ton of scoring. Right now, the total is 50, 50 points. And Drew Locke, in the games that he has played this, this year, I think he missed three, in the games that he's played, is second in the league in deep attempts. The problem is he's only completed five of them, I think, on 31 attempts. He has a 25% adjusted completion rating on those passes. But the opportunities have been there. The attempts have been there. And it just feels like eventually he is going to have one of these big games, especially with them falling behind so often. So Drew Locke to me is one guy at the bottom I'm willing to look at in a potential shootout. Anybody you like in a sub-6K range? Not a, not a ton, honestly. I think it's more what you're doing there is you're opening up permutations that you just can't get to uh, with one-offs. If you want to pay the premium on the skill positions, which we'll get to, you have to do that. And Drew Locke would be the guy. I mean, he's throwing the ball 40 plus times out of necessity. Yes, we miss Sutton, obviously, but we we all know that Jerry Judy is incredibly good. Yeah, I have two tight ends that I'm actually pretty interested in long term, Fant and Albert O. It's not great. It's not going to be efficient, but you just mentioned on pure volume, he's not afraid to take shots. At that price point, you can stack them and you have a ton of salary left against a really appealing matchup with Atlanta. Right. That's what it comes down to. It's a yep. volume thing. Sal, what are your thoughts through the uh, early kind of cursory research we've done at the quarterback position down at the bottom? Yeah, not much. I, I don't even think I want to go all the way down. I think like the lowest that uh, for GBPs, it looks appealing is $6,200 Kirk Cousins coming off a week early and throws 14 times. But the two weeks before that, he attempted 36 and 39 passes. They're just happy to go with whatever the game script does. But you're not going to have a three rushing touchdown, four overall touchdown game every single time 
for Dalvin Cook. They have weapons in Jefferson, who's now becoming cheaper, and Adam Thielen. It's also a good matchup, and they're down in this range. Like, he's $6,200 with an implied total that's rivaling, like, right now without knowing Pittsburgh's, like, the second highest, third highest on the slate. So I think that makes it a little bit appealing for GPPs. You have runbacks on Detroit. We'll see what happens with Galladay's injury, but probably $6,200 Cousins is the cheapest I would go at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to look at Cousins. Uh, I have no issues there. I'd like to see some of these guys a little bit less expensive than they are. It feels like some of these quarterbacks are almost a little bit priced up where guys like Lamar Jackson uh, has been priced down. And I think, Ben, much of that reason is, is because no one's really playing Lamar Jackson. You look at his ownership from week to week where he's up there in that like mid to high 7K range. He just hasn't been popular. So, you know, you're going to see price points drop when that's the case. And that's what's been, you know, I guess for better and right now it's for worse. You know, when I see Lamar with low ownership like that, it's almost impossible for me to not try to, to try to get over just because I think the ceiling is tournament winning upside. He ha- He's one of the only quarterbacks that can get you a bonus on the ground. Uh, and when you have that at low ownership, I'm going to continue to buy unless I really think something has changed with the Ravens. We knew they were due for regression, but not this much, in my opinion. Hey, feel about a little 40. 40- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. $900 Jake Luton this week. Ah, <laughs> yes. The old Oregon State quarter. I, I've seen more of him than you would imagine. And less than you wish you had? Yeah, oh, that's confirmed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not not great, Bob. Sal, if we talk running backs um, and you look at the top, uh, we've now got... We've now got another, it, it's it's uncertain as it should be, or as it shouldn't be, but based off of last week, uh, Carolina's coach Matt Rule said that he was optimistic and hopeful that Christian McCaffrey would be activated for week eight. He wasn't. Uh, we anticipate him practicing this week. Matt Rule said the same thing heading into week nine and also said that Mike Davis will still have a role in this offense. But I have to think that Christian McCaffrey still becomes you know, the go-to three-down bell cow back. If that's the case, and he's activated this week against Kansas City at $8,500, $8,500, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, if all the news is that he's activated, all I need to see is like some limited practices from him, and I'm going to assume that he's going to get his normal role. I don't think right after they give him, I mean, they have 64 million reasons not to make this guy go out there and play hurt. <laughs> so I think that if he's actually going to be back, he's going to get his role. I think Mike Davis deserves a role. I mean, like McCaffrey's playing 95 to 100% of the snaps last year. So if that jumps down to even 80% of the snaps, and instead of seeing 30, 28 touches, he's now seeing like 24, 25. I mean, I'm fine with that. So I don't think that means like a 50-50 split anywhere near that. The price tag is so nice. Like you've seen these past couple of weeks, they keep McCaffrey at 10K. Now they put him at 85K. Um, I don't know if it's just to make it a little bit more appealing to get to him, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of McCaffrey if he's indeed and good to go and healthy on Sunday. Even if it comes down to like a game time decision, that might even be better from a ownership standpoint. So yeah, $8,500 McCaffrey to me looks like the best of all these 7K plus guys and it probably is for a lot of people. I think so too. Dalvin Cook's price is up, but man, it's another appealing potential blow up spot for him against Detroit. I will go back there if ownership is is down. I, I, ben, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but McCaffrey's missed a lot of weeks. 
if, if he's active, I'm in the same position as Sal in that I expect him to get a ton of work, no question. But let's just say that everybody flocks to him and you're getting like 40 plus percent ownership. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cooks come, comes in once again with that single digit ownership that we saw last week. Are you willing to make the pivot? Because honestly, I think I would be against Detroit. So I'm in a little different spot. I don't view it as a pivot. If they were the same ownership, I would still play Dalvin Cook. Really? Uh, I'm oh, a that's, more, okay, that's good stuff. Elaborate. Yeah, I'm a little more concerned that they ease him back. It's a 10.5-point spread in Arrowhead. If the game gets out of hand, I think that is the role that Mike Davis will play. They will yank McCaffrey off the field, and they don't. They want to get him back without getting him hurt. I, I, I don't see, unless it's competitive, like a path to 25 touches. Now, that's just a hunch. Dalvin Cook coming off the huge game at home. Detroit's average at best. I'm not too concerned about it. So for me, $300 savings, ownership, I would go to Dalvin Cook regardless. I'm not really interested in CMC. Too many question marks for me. Wow. Okay. What about Derrick Henry, uh, James Robinson? I, I I will allow this, even though it's below the 7K range and throw James Conner into the mix. I think he's going to be extraordinarily chalky this week, but this is probably one of those spots where I just do not care uh, and and anticipate myself having a lot of James Conner against the Dallas Cowboys, no matter who starts at quarterback for them. Yeah, I mean, obvious spot as everything you want. Robinson's also kind of obvious just against Houston. He's an easy run back if you go to Watson. Uh, with Jake Luton there, he's going to be tasked to do a lot regardless. So I think saving a little bit uh, is a pretty optimal move. You, you can attack these guys. And then don't forget about Chase Edmonds, who is in another really good spot. Those three, I actually have a lot of interest in. Uh, probably going to try to double up on a bunch in lineups. Sal, what are your thoughts on, on Derrick Henry, who's been pretty popular from week to week? Uh, had the blow-up game against Houston, but as we know, just isn't targeted a whole lot, and he relies heavily on getting into the end zone and, of course, getting you know 25 touches or so on the ground. Is this a stay-away spot for you this week, or will ownership play a role? Yeah, the way – so for me personally, the way that my stuff works, I usually don't get a lot of Henry. Like this week I had like 5%. The week that he goes off, I just got buried by him. So I, I don't get a lot compared to the other top running backs. I assume with Cook and McCaffrey that'll happen. I actually think this week he'll be lower-owned. But there's something to say with his volume right now. Like Jeremy McNichols is actually getting touches that none of these other running backs would get behind him. Darrington Evans, Deion Lewis last year. He's getting some work. Like you had the overtime game where Henry gets 27 touches against Houston, but that game went to overtime. He saw like five touches in overtime. Outside of that, he's only cracked that 22 touch mark back in like week one, two, and three. So that's when McNichols started to take over as the backup. I don't think there's anything major to that, but he's productive as a backup. You're not seeing these 30 touch game, 28 touch games. Now, that being said, their touchdown favorite Chicago's run defense has gotten worse each of the last three weeks in terms of the opponents against them. So if he's going to come in like six, seven percent on, I'll probably be at that because that's just normally what I get of him. I prefer Cook and McCaffrey. What do you think of these high 6K players from Edmonds to Connor to James? Well, James Robinson, 7000, but I can throw him in the mix as well. Uh, And Mike Davis, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, I think we all would agree has once again warrants some consideration, but he has definitely struggled the last two weeks, which leads me to believe, by the way, that that is perfect. Two bad games for Mike Davis with Christian McCaffrey returning is exactly what anyone that, you know, is that owns Christian McCaffrey in, in season long or is looking to play him this week is looking for. But I digress. What are you doing here? 
Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, you have Connor up top. They're going to come in, as I assume, like you were saying earlier, like double-digit favorites. He's been good every single week, and Connor continues to be like 5% on each week that comes out. I think that changes this week as he's still not in the 7K range. So he's the one that looks the best. Edmonds, I'm going to be fine getting to as long as he's the running back. I don't know if they give him like full reins. You know, Benjamin probably gets involved, but I think it'll be enough against Miami. Miami's defense has been good, but I'm still fine to go to Edmonds. Prefer Connor there. And then it's just a dead range. Like these Seattle running backs, Carson's there, don't really have much interest um, unless he's fully healthy and all those other guys aren't healthy at this point, even in a really good matchup, it's just a headache. We're going to have to monitor Josh Jacobs is somebody that you have to kind of like work in what you're doing with the rest of your lineups. There's a lot of ways to have Jacobs and like Darren Waller in the lineup last week, but that can become an issue because if the game flow goes in the right direction for Jacobs, they're just going to give him the ball like 25 times. And that's what you saw last week. So if you're playing Josh Jacobs, it's probably not the greatest idea to have any other players from his team in that lineup, just because they'll go all in on him unless he's scoring just short yarded touchdowns. Um, but in this range, it's really just up top. And then I would probably look at Josh Jacobs to a certain extent and just knowing at this point that he's going to be very game flow dependent. So the crazy thing last week, Ben, was the Kansas City Chiefs go out and, and route the Jets. This is why, by the way, you shouldn't be worried about blowouts. Uh, I know I know you had a lot of Kansas City stacks, Sal. So did you, Ben. So did I. Uh, the... The idea that, like, oh, you know, they'll take their foot off the gas and and things will go, you know, off the rails is always possible. But sometimes teams hang in there. And that's exactly what the Jets did. Just long enough, right? They weren't good at all. But I think at one point it was a 23-9 to game. It was relatively, not competitive, but on the scoreboard close enough. They end up pulling away late, 35-9. to Monster games for Tyreek Hill, 98 and two scores. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. But the backfield was brutal. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell both had only six carries apiece. They were complete afterthoughts in this offense, Ben, finishing with less than both of them six fantasy points on DraftKings, where it's very hard as a running back on a team that scores 35 points to score six fantasy points. What are your thoughts on the backfield for the Chiefs this week against a brutal Carolina defensive front? Yeah, it's tricky because I don't I don't want to overreact the other way. I, I think, honestly, we could step back. A couple weeks ago on the show, Sal mentioned this, and it was worth talking about. Against the Bills, they pounded it with Edwards Alaire. And Mahomes was vocal about they don't want to do this, but right now this is what defenses are forcing them to do. And he believed what would happen is people would start to stack the box and they'll open it back up. And now we see that happening. Uh, I think the Chiefs will be content to go back to the run game if it warrants it. But at the same time, now with Lev Bell, there's just a lot of mouse to feed. So it's hard to imagine anyone having those type of games in terms of volume anymore on this offense. It's tough. Uh, I just can't really get there. I'd rather try to pay up to the more obvious spots, but I think it's for good reason. Aaron Backus, thank you for the super chat, brother. You're going on the jersey. He says, thanks for all the info you guys put out every day. I subscribe to the Fantasy Cruncher. Hopefully I can get first again without the tie, without 300 other people. Well, First is first. Congrats on the win. I don't know how much it was, but more importantly, thanks for the super chat. Um, Sal, John says Jets legit tried to take away the run. I mean, the run defense was was slowing them down, uh, but, you know, what's the point of doing that when you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey? I'd love your thoughts on this backfield for Kansas City, too, because it could throw a wrench into the works for week nine. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I still lean just like where their price points are at right now, just a thousand dollars apart. I, I still lean to get to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He'll probably project out much better for me. I, I can't believe Le'Veon Bell was 14% owned in the millionaire maker last week. Like I just Crazy. I don't understand it. Like I, I understand being such a big favorite backup running back though. So no, yeah, it's I, people I were buying into Andy Reid's gonna feed him the ball in a revenge game. Like that I, mean, I swear that had a lot to do with it. I heard it all week long. Yeah, it had to be because, I mean, I assume people hadn't projected around like 10 fantasy points, but still, like, that's not going to get it done for you. No. So, yeah, it, it was crazy. I, I don't really have any interest in this backfield right now. I If I'm playing one, it's still Clyde edwards Lair at this point. Uh, but then the range just drops off. Like, you get to this 5K range, David Johnson, 18-plus touches, very, like, quietly in four straight games, and he's just, like, finding his way into the end zone to pay off for you. I have interest in that. Everything else, though, looks pretty bad in this 5K range. Like, I want to have interest in Antonio Gibson. Comes off of the game where he gets 20 touches, does everything on the ground. But very quietly, he's getting more carries, but he's losing all the passing game work. And that Only last one game target before, last week or two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he had four routes run the week before that, nine routes run. So it, that's a concern. McKissick continues to stay involved there. Maybe that change is coming out of the bye week. It's nice to see him get 20 carries on the ground, but if they're in a game script where they can't run the ball 20 times with him and he gets 12 carries and not much in the passing game, that's going to be a problem. Who did you mention taking a shot on before Gibson? I missed it. Yeah, not even a shot, but I think David Johnson is, he's okay. been stuck in this $5,000 range all season. And every single week, it seems like you're biting your nails till he gets that last like drive touchdown. Uh, but he's got 18 plus touches in four straight. So he's like the only guy right now in this 5K range that really stands out to me, maybe outside of Zach Moss, but still a, a split backfield there. <clears throat> I have one that's going to drive people insane. And I totally understand it, Ben, but I'm going to mention it anyway because I think there's some merit to actually looking at him based on volume and nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, David Montgomery. Oh, now, uh, uh, here's the truth. Here's the truth. He's been wildly inefficient. I think I mentioned on a show that Drew Digmeyer, uh, you know him in the DFS world, very sharp guy, uh, Millie Maker winner, I think twice, actually, not sure. But uh, he said, you know, if you need – Three yards, David Montgomery will give you three yards every time. If you need six yards, David Montgomery will give you three yards every time. And uh, I just thought it couldn't have been – it was a salient point, to say the least. But here's my thing. I, he touched the ball 23 times last week. He had 21 attempts. Uh, he had 26 total looks. And he's now been targeted in the passing game. You ready for this? Five-plus times – in every single week that Terry Cohen has missed, Ben. So, look, I'm not saying that I think he's good. I, I can't imagine anyone right now would be um, espousing the virtues of David Montgomery's game, both on the ground and through the air. But what I am saying is that he's averaging almost 30 routes run per game since Terry Cohen went down. And if the game is competitive, he's pretty much going to have every opportunity. That's the only thing I'll say about him outside of I know he's not good, but if it's close, he gets 20 plus carries. That's all. What do you have in the 5K range? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think when you're down here, you have to pick something. And if a guy does something extraordinary and volume can be one of them, it's worth considering. Uh, if you have an extraordinary matchup, uh, that's another thing to consider. So I think the big thing for Montgomery is that when, when Cohen went down, I'll be honest, I didn't think it would really impact him catching the ball. I thought maybe a little, but it seems like they're comfortable giving him that role. I'm not a Foles guy, but if he's going to continue to see that, they're five and a half, six point dog right now to Tennessee, nothing major. So I don't worry about the volume. I just, I mean, you said it, he is wildly inefficient. It's it, He needs those touches. He's not someone that is going to bail you out if the game script goes wrong. It, he's just not that kind of player. 
no, you're right. And and Sal, I'm certainly not looking for any uh, a- anyone to you know confirm my thoughts on this, but it is it is certainly a Tennessee defense that they haven't been very good. Like they, this this Tennessee defense has been gashed in a lot of spots. Was it was it didn't Gio Bernard go off on them last week again? Another running back to go off on them. Yeah, he had two touchdowns too. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some more fuel to the fire for David Montgomery. Last no, five, it's weeks, not a good idea. Just don't. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's run more routes than David Montgomery in the last five weeks. Uh, he's no. second in overall receptions, and he's second in overall targets. That's out of all running backs. Uh, when you factor in his workload on the ground, he's seen the most opportunities in the last three weeks. And he's still not smashing. That's the scary part, though. Right. Yeah, like, he's right. just been bad. All that work, and it's not like he's been getting – like, you need that to continue and honestly be a little more efficient. That's the scary part. For sure. But the thing is, they have nobody else. That's true. Like, Cordero Patterson's not going to to swoop in and, and get all of the opportunities. Ryan Nall, I don't even know if the guy's in the lineup <laughs> or in the rotation. <laughs> Sorry. On the 53-man roster. My God. Uh, anybody else, guys, either of you want to jump in, go for it. I think Sal mentioned Gaskin. He's an interesting one just because he's averaging 22 looks over the past five weeks. That's significant. Volume is huge once you get down here, Sal. And uh, I think sometimes while we don't have to be in love with guys, once you get into a 5K range, if you can find some guys that are seeing or averaging nonetheless over 20 looks per game, 20 opportunities per game, it at least puts them in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. So he's right now somebody that I have marked off. Again, David Johnson's like the one that I have the most interest in. But yeah, the volume on Gaskin and Montgomery, they continue not to be great, but it, it'll all really come down to ownership. Uh, Gaskin was not owned at all last week. And then the only other thing to really keep an eye on is, I guess, to an extent, the Chargers backfield, it got even weirder last week with Pope coming in and seeing double-digit touches and playing yeah. well. So it, Didn't Jackson Jackson's- still get like seven- Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 17 carries, though? Yeah, Jackson still seems to be the guy, so he's at least worth mentioning at 4,900. And then Baltimore's backfield. If Ingram is out again, I'm okay to go to Dobbins. Gus Edwards did get hurt in the second quarter, but both of those guys, there's nobody to go over 80 rushing yards against the Steelers. They both did, and Dobbins smashed through 100 yards. You would think maybe that leads to more touches if Ingram remains out. If Ingram's out, I'd be okay getting to Dobbins at 4,900. Okay, Ben, any thoughts on uh, Dobbins if Ingram's out? Obviously, him and Gus Edwards both got a lot of opportunities last week uh, in a competitive game. DeAndre Swift just went from everyone loving this guy to, oh, my God, what is going on? Six carries for a single yard. DJ Dallas. Had a lot of looks, both scored both through the air and on the ground, but who knows if Hyde and or Chris Carson return. I'm assuming one of them does. Uh, and then there are Philip Lindsay's and Melvin Gordon. I, mean, I just have no faith that anyone really pulls away with that and it remains a timeshare. So uh, it gets a little bit ugly down here. Oh, and Jordan Wilkins had 20, what did he have, 20 carries last week. Jonathan Taylor has been bad. The Colts, man. Everything about the Colts is frustrating, but... I, yeah, these are, you guys summed it up. There are a lot of timeshare situations, not great matchups. The only other guy, and I, I don't even know if I'll get here. It'll depend on lineup construction. I thought that Wayne Gallman played pretty good last night. And I, I see, I know that Deion Lewis is getting a little, but in a game against Washington where it easily could stay competitive, 
I think you could pencil in maybe upwards of 15 touches for a guy like Ballman pending Devontae Freeman still hurt. All right. So if we make the transition, uh, if we get the, if we make the transition over to my receiver, sorry, I was typing to somebody in chat. Um, the top is obviously loaded with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, who's man, that price point is it's a, it's remarkable that he is so expensive. So I want to jump into all of that. Uh, before we do though, one quick thing, if you guys haven't signed up or checked out uh, awesome.com yet, you don't even need to sign up for a paid subscription. If you want to get an idea of what some of our stuff looks like, because we've got free content today, the NFL rankings for week nine are free. The PGA ownership projections from Alex Baker, Osimo himself, are also free today. But if you go to awesomeocom slash join, you can check out all of the subscriptions we have. And we, we have something for literally everybody. Like our Express Weekly NFL Pass, it's less than $4 a week. Uh, people are loving it since we added all of the showdown content. The ownership projections, player projections, the top player tool, which analyzes the probability that a player will be the, the number one overall player, you know, obviously with captain spots and everything, or they will finish two through six. A whole lot of great stuff we've got for showdown. Uh, that's on top of all of the other actual real NFL content we have just on that $3.95 we, uh, Express Pass, like the Express Top Stack Tool, uh, so much more. The Lineup Builder. But if you want to go all out, we've got weekly all access for PGA, football, MMA, uh, you name it, NASCAR, League of Legends, everything. You could do that for a week, for a month, for a year, whatever you want. Like I said, something for everyone. All of the ownership, the projections, all of the tools built by Osimo himself, number one ranked DFS player in the world. And then a ton of amazing content, articles, you name it, from guys like Ben, Matt Kajeski, Adam Scher, Josh Ingleman, and so much more. So check it out. Um, doesn't cost you anything to look at, at the packages we have uh, and the, the subscription packages, of course, that we have. It'll cost you to look at the other ones. But anyway, check it out, awesome.com slash join. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. The DMs are open. And be sure to jump into the premium Slack chat when you decide to sign up. Uh, people talking sports, DFS, everything. Great community over there. So we will see you there. All right. Um, Sal, what are we doing at the top? I'll throw it right to you after that rant. Yeah, so at the top of this, I'm really just looking for like stacking options for the most part. So like Hopkins and Metcalf are going to be the guys that I'll get to. I would say that I'm going to have – a little bit more interest if I'm just looking for a one-off option here, probably in Hopkins, just from an overall target share standpoint compared to Metcalf with still having Lockett out there. He's still right now over 10 targets per game for Hopkins. He's averaging over hundred yards per game, 35% air yard market share. So all the way up top, it seems pretty obvious, but then in this range where it's like seven K and above, I'm still going to be going to Tyreek at 7,100. The price point, like a couple of weeks ago, was like 6,300. Then it goes to 67. It's slowly creeping up there, but it's still not enough in my opinion. He's pushing a 40% area target share. Like almost every time that Mahomes is dropping back, middle of the field stuff goes to Kelsey. They're using Hardman. Like he's had a couple of deep shots back in the Baltimore game, but they're using him a lot just in the short field, some gadgety stuff. Everything seems to be going to Tyreek right now. It's everything that you wanted if you drafted him in season long. So Tyreek at 7,100 is probably the guy that above 7K, I'm going to jam in the most overall. Ben, what about you at the top? Before that, Clint Friday says, Rafi, why is Ben dressed like it's 10 degrees lately? First of all, it's cold as shit around our way. That, thank you. That's step, <laughs> it was, step I'm one. in North and Carolina and it was 35 this morning. Yeah, it's yeah, been freezing. I I, even down there, uh, Josh Ingleman is from North Carolina too, and he's like, yeah, it's going to be real cold tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, it's the wind and everything, Ben. It's felt like the low 30s around here the past week. 
and my apartment is free. It's like the Arctic winter in here. I like it. I like to be cold, but I've also like to be burrowed up. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for bring on the winter anyway. Uh, I like Stephon to be cold Diggs. when I go to sleep. I, I like oh. the fans on when I go to sleep. I, I wake up though, and I'm so miserable because I'm freezing. I yeah. just can't find the balance. I crack the window. I get a little too aggressive, and then I wake up, and it's like 58 in the house, and it's and you can't even get out of bed because you'll freeze. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Tyree Kill makes a ton of sense. He's explosive. The price is creeping up, but it's still not where I'm too worried about fading him in any ex- extent. Diggs is the one that's most interesting to me. He's a little more volatile. Good matchup with Seattle. He should get the looks. Buffalo's just been a little, I don't know if you want to say off. They just haven't, you know, Josh Allen started out so hot. He's come back to earth a little bit, but Diggs is clearly the number one weapon on the outside. He should get the volume. I don't think ownership will be there. We'll have to wait and see. But to me, he's in really interesting tournament play sitting in the mid sevens right there. I actually want to stick with you on this for a second, because I I know you're someone that's been a Josh Allen truther. uh, And, you know, it's in large part looks pretty good, especially this season. Uh, and, And he's made some corrections that were desperately needed. He also got someone like Stefan Diggs. Uh, alongside John Brown to make life a little bit easier. But what do you attribute these struggles to recently? He's gone two straight games without a passing touchdown. And Stefan Gilmore, I know he hasn't been great, but him not being in the off or the defense for the Patriots didn't shouldn't have hurt uh, Josh Allen. He did throw for 300 yards against the Jets, but against that pass team, he, he didn't have a single uh, passing touchdown. And then against Kansas City, sure, he threw for two of them, but he threw for 122 yards. So uh, just your thoughts after a torrid start to the season, why we've seen such a, a collapse in fantasy production from Allen, and in large part, this offense for the Buffalo Bills as well, scoring less than 20 points in three of their last four. So I'm sure that there's, you know, naturally some regression and that they were just running really hot. I will say, though, you know, if you want to make some excuses, it was a monsoon against Kansas City. The Jets line, I think, honestly, was just bad variance. If you look at the line, you mentioned he threw for 300 yards, ran for 60. He just couldn't find the end zone. And then he played a New England team that really does seem to, you know, have a good game plan against him. He struggled against them in the past. They got the job done, but he just wasn't good. I I think this is a really important game, not just for him, but for the Bills. You're at home. If you're as good as they should claim they are you should move the ball against the Seattle team we know Wilson is going to do his part on the other side I do expect Josh Allen to play well in this game and I think he needs to Ben we don't usually spend a ton of time on individual teams here right there's a ton of other shows throughout the week where we can do that but Kansas City backfield was one example where I wanted to dig a little deeper now let's elaborate a little bit with you same question as Ben had what do you make of Buffalo's offense because there's no question that uh, in this particular matchup if, if things get back on track you could be seeing people at the top of tournaments with, you know, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stacks, no question. Yeah, I like I, I like the Buffalo offense. I like both sides of this game. I like the over in this game. I had a bet on that yesterday. It I think it's up to like 53, 54 right now in spots. It opened at like 52 and a half, 51 in some spots. So the over looks good. I like both sides of it. Both of these teams right now are top eight in yards per play on offense. They're um they're allowing top eight on the opposite side of that Seattle's bottom four in terms of how much actual yards they're allowing per play right now. They're both in the bottom five in terms of how many yards that they're allowing overall per game. There's just a lot of a recipe here for both defenses not to do anything in these offenses to continue for Seattle's case to just steamroll. So I like both offenses here. So if I'm, if I'm enjoying and liking the oversight of it, I'm going to probably stack Seattle more because 
the price points are fair, like Lockett's price points, uh, Russell Wilson's price point, and then you have a lot of run back options, but that keeps in place Steph Diggs and maybe John Brown who's in the 4K range, still battling back from injury, but got back into the game last week. I, I think I prefer him still uh, to Cole Beasley. It's the rotation game, Sal. This means we saw Lockett, then Metcalf. Got to go back to Lockett this week. This is that's just how that's just how it works in Seattle. I'm convinced. There's no rhyme or reason to it. No need to to look at any analytics or stats. Just play the guy that didn't blow up the week before, and you're going to be pretty happy. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, Lockett would be the guy who choose this week, so I fall into that category of the rotation. Yep, I'm all on board. Plus, he's only sixty eight hundred dollars, which is pretty reasonable price point. Uh, do you think we see any shadow coverage from Trey White? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll probably see if Lockett's going to remain in the slot. They've just been so much three wide receiver sets. I think you'll probably see like 65, 70% on DK. Okay. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I don't know for sure, but it does feel that way. Ben, the the middle tier, well, really, it's still a higher tier, right? Uh, you, you drop down below 7K and you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players at 7k or higher that's the most we've seen in a while then you get down to Allen Robinson who is just for the quarterback play he's had throughout his career how do you not look at him and say like he could have he could be one of the greatest ever at the at the position if he had a decent what what would you make of Allen Robinson I'd say his entire career he played with Aaron Rodgers no you know what I'll take a step back let's just say for his entire career he played with Philip Rivers how much better do you think statistically he would have been? Yeah, he's a damn good player, and he's just had no – it's not even – A, his quarterback play is bad, but they, they don't even have other weapons to keep him honest. Like, yeah, it's bad. It, it's just – it's a tough spot. It's going to continue to be bad. I do think – not again, this is not important for this week. They're going to end up making the move back to Trubisky, and they should. Uh, but looking at this range – you have some interesting plays, certainly for tournaments. So when you look at guys like Thielen, A.J. Brown is someone that I've, I've tried to buy in spots because Tennessee, you know, they were throwing the ball outside of Henry. And then you've got McLaurin going against Bradbury, but he's shown, a, we've seen him already against tough matchups thrive. I do think these guys are a step down, obviously in salary, but also just in overall spot. Um, so I'm not sure. I think for me, the way I'm envisioning my lineups and have a lot of guys above and a lot of guys below, I, even though they're, they're fine matchups. I just don't know how this is going to work lineup construction. I really like those guys. You, you mentioned Luffy. It's not just one or two guys above seven K. We have a lot of options up there. It's hard to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm Butler too. pro football focus says this is a shadow matchup against Robinson. He's allowing 1.43 yards per route covered, which really is not very good. If you're a corner, uh, he's kind of in a no man's land spot though, Sal, because He's priced right around some of those top tier elite receivers, and he is one. It's just, can you trust his quarterback play? Uh, and who else do you like in the six K range? Yeah, I I don't know if I can trust his quarterback play all that much. It would have to be a situation where like it's just sliding into like the, to end out a lineup. Like I'm not prioritizing it. I'm probably not stacking it. So probably not gonna have much interest. I think right there, Will Fuller coming off of the bye week at this point, he had a brutal matchup. He got finally had a touchdown at the end of the game to just salvage the week against the Packers and Jair, but five straight games with a touchdown at this point, basically every single game, except the one he leaves early uh, against Baltimore, he puts up a goose egg has been fantastic. And he's just stuck at the $6,800 tag, I think for like three straight weeks now. So I'm going to like Watson. So I like Fuller at this point, their offense, like you want them to get behind multiple scores. Like Watson did nothing in that Packers game finishes with 27 fantasy points. That's just how this offense is going to work out. Picking up a ton of chunk yards down the stretch, playing against soft defenses, Watson with his mobility. So I want exposure every single week to this team and they're not increasing the price point on it, even though they continue to put up, 
25, 30 fantasy points at the quarterback position, and it trickles down mainly usually to Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Anything else in the 6K range? Uh, or Yeah, is there anything else 6K and up? No, na- not. Namely, guys like Brown, McLaurin's going to see a lot of Bradbury. He had seven for 75, I think, against him last time. Robbie Anderson against Kansas City. Juju being 6,200 is, is kind of baffling, but I guess they just priced, uh, baked the matchup real heavily into, into his price point because nothing else would explain it. Yeah, like I think the bottom of this range is really interesting from a lot of just stacking standpoints. Like you're not going to have Kirk Cousins, like we said, throw 14 Jefferson, times again. He's yeah. Throw, yeah, he's going to throw two or three more times in that. So Thielen and Jefferson are there. I think people won't want to own them and they'll want to own Dalvin Cook yet again, which is probably the right thing to think, but it'll leave them lower owned. You have um, Robbie Anderson as a runback option. I guess like even when we talk about quarterbacks, I don't know early in the week. I don't know if I will know all week once I get the projections. I'll probably know a little bit more like what I'm going to be doing with Big Ben in this offense. You saw Carson Wentz. I mean, he's been playing a little bit better as of late just from a fantasy standpoint, but gets Dallas and goes for almost 400 passing yards. So I have not wanted to play Big Ben all season long, only gone over 300 yards once. Is Dallas enough to, at least for you guys, this is a question really uh, to get you back on top because then yeah, Juju at 62 looks good and so do all these pass catchers. I'll go to Ben here. Yeah, I'll go to Ben. Go ahead. No, for me, it's enough to have one-offs on these guys. I, I do think whether it's Johnson or, or Juju makes an interesting filler around a stack. But for me, there's just too many quarterbacks that are mobile that even if Big Ben has 400 yards passing, yes, obviously it's not going to hurt to have them, but that can be canceled out by 50 yards and a rushing touchdown immediately. Okay, right. so so not high on Pittsburgh pass catchers, Ben? I, I don't mind, you know, if I, if I run and say a – say a Houston stack and I need a mid-range guy, I'd be happy to go to a Juju or a Johnson uh, on Pittsburgh as a one-off, but I don't think I'm going to load up on the Steelers, especially with Connor in such a good spot as well. Yeah. The, the James Connor thing to me, ownership will play a big role, but it might not. Like, I just think this, this feels like an opportunity for Connor to have a monster game and not to backtrack too much, but you look at even a guy like Boston Scott, he's like four foot six uh, and he was ripping off 15 plus yard, touches up the middle every single time he got the chance. And James Conner is a markedly better running back than he is. So uh, I think this could be a big time, just run the ball a ton. Uh, and while Ben Roethlisberger probably throws for a couple of touchdowns, I don't know how many yards he'll need. I just don't see any way that Dallas can keep up offensively. I, I, just, I know, Ben, I, I know I said that yesterday about the Giants, but I, I think they're even in a worse situation than that Giants team. Uh, speaking of the uh, speaking about the Dallas Cowboys, I yeah, I mean, how they do Steelers it. defense just brutal, right? Yeah, it's it's tough. What are you doing, uh, Ben? Do you have anyone else in the six K range before we work it down to the uh, yeah. value guys, tight ends, and close it out? No, I think for me, what, what Sal said is I, I echo it. There's a lot of guys here. Depending on who I roll with my stacks, I may get to whether it's Hollywood Brown or Cooks or just it, it's a product of the stack, not that I actually like to play. Sal, do you like anyone? Of, well, you will because there's so many receivers that are sub 6K that are just legitimately good football players at this stage of the game in a really pass first offense. Do you like anyone down here? Let's start with Marvin Jones, knowing that Kenny Galladay is a candidate to hit the IR. Marvin Jones, 5,100, facing Minnesota. Finally, finally, back to back respectable games for the first time all season long. Can we can we look towards him here? Probably going to be popular. But what are you doing in the 5K range? 
Yeah, Marvin Jones in the past, I mean, he, he comes in in that game and he gets the touchdowns. It was Marvin Hollywood, as usual, when it's Marvin Hollywood in the game, like big catches down the field to get there. Um, and now they have another nice matchup this week. But Jones is usually somebody that I won't go to. He, he doesn't get there as just like the wide receiver one all that often. We've had about three situations last year when that was the case. So I don't know if I'll get there. The price point is fair, though. I would prefer at the same price, Mike Williams. You could also throw him into the Chargers stacks. I really like Brandon Cooks. There's an argument to be made that Brandon Cooks is the number one receiver on this team right now, at least the last three weeks. 30 targets overall. He's brought in over that time, uh, 22 receptions, and Fuller gets the downfield targets. He's also getting red zone looks, but so is Cooks at this point, and he's just getting more overall volume. He continues to be mispriced. So I think Brandon Cooks in this 5K range, knowing what I want to do with Houston this week, will probably be the one I have the most interest in to start the week off. I'm just, I mean, I'm just looking at Amari, and it's just terrible what's happened to this Dallas team. He's 5,600 now, but I'd prefer DJ Moore at the exact same price point there. Dude. Last week or a couple of weeks ago, Amari and CeeDee Lamb were elite options yeah. coming into every single week, daily fantasy, season long fantasy. Now you just can't even consider you can you can hardly even consider them anymore, Ben. I, I suppose if Andy Dalton returns, there might be some times, but against Pittsburgh, if it's not if it's if it's not um Dak Prescott, then I'm just un, un, entirely uninterested. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're going to be low-owned and they're they're big-time players, but you couldn't pick a worse spot. You, you really couldn't. So uh, nothing there. It's amazing. Once Cook got zero when he was chalk, he's exploded. Since then, he's been unbelievable yep. uh, these last three weeks. So you can go there, Marvin Jones, for obvious reasons. It's just not that much. I mean, I, I want to ask you this, Luffy, because you, you were the guy who brought up Drew Locke. Like, do you go to Jerry Judy? Is that who you want to pair him with? Is it fan? Like, how do you how do you see yourself working these Broncos stacks this week? I got to say, from what I've seen from Judy, I'm not nearly as impressed as a lot of people who just really want him to be good. I know he's a rookie. Ben, I got it. I got it. He's a rookie. But he's made some really bad plays. Even uh, the, the one, what's that? Some bad drops. I'll give you that. Bad drops. And the one touchdown he has this season, it was a deep pylon throw from um, it was Brett Rippon, I think, back against in that Thursday night football game that went through the hands of Desir and 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 just kind of dropped to Jerry, Jerry Judy, who actually played the ball poorly. So at forty seven hundred, if I'm if I'm playing Drew Locke, then yeah, I, I have to have some interest in Judy. He was targeted 10 times last week. Locke attempted 40 plus passes. There's a very good chance they play from behind here. So I'm not opposed to it, but I'm also uh, not particularly excited about it either. Uh, I saw some Noah Fant conversation in chat. Some people saying, what has he done? Well, he hasn't done a ton, but he's actually a good player. Uh, and he's been targeted a lot uh, when on the field. So if that's the case, I'll look towards him as well, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, you guys have anyone else, some cheap value receivers that we want to talk about? Uh, 4K range. We'll see what happens. I mean, Gallup had 12 targets. If you're going to play a Cowboy, that's like the only guy I would consider this week at the wide receiver. And then Michael Pittman with T.Y. Hilton, seeming like he's going to be out. Maybe if you're just looking for some of these, he's at three. Uh, their thir- 3K range at 3,900. And then I'll say that he got hurt again. Deontay Johnson at 5K flat. He hurt his hamstring after the game, they said. <laughs> But uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Didn't seem to be severe. Didn't do much in this past week, but he's still just 5K, which is way too cheap. I suppose $3,800 Marvin Hall could be in play with uh, Galladay, not likely to be on the field too. Ben, anyone else? If, you know, I want to see what happens with the Broncos receivers, with Patrick, uh, guys like Deshaun Hamilton, maybe Hamler to a lesser extent. If you're you're taking a couple guys 
with Drew Locke as a very cheap sack, almost what people wanted to do with the Jets last week. I, I don't hate that strategy. I just don't know how necessary it is. Who do you run back on a Matt Ryan Atlanta stack? Who do you run back on the other side of that? Would you prefer Judy, Fant, Hamler? Uh, for me, it would be Judy. I, I'm, I mean, I'm a Judy guy, but I, I think that he's going to have some big time games. And if it's coming, I, I was really impressed with the target share, at least last week. I know it didn't materialize into a huge game, but I would definitely go to him above the others. By the way, I've said some good things about him too. He's, yeah. he's, he's, his change of direction uh, in the middle of the field after the catch is really impressive. And we've seen that on display a number of times. He can do some great stuff. Uh, he just needs to start coming down with catchable footballs. Are you salty that the Eagles don't have Jefferson like they should have? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. But it, you know why I'm not as salty yet? Because we haven't seen enough Jalen Reed. Yeah, we don't know. That's true. Like, he could end up being really good and exactly what they need. He got into the end zone. He converted on a two-point conversion and had a ball punched out of his hands that would have resulted in a second touchdown late in that game. So uh, I don't know. I, I think probably I will be upset about it. But – Ask me again once if, if Rager if Rager plays the rest of the season out and and we have a better sample for sure. Uh, tight end Sal, we've got Kelsey seventy two hundred. Darren Waller, man, Twitter was pissed about Waller last week early in that game, dropping that touchdown. Uh, Hawkinson at fifty one hundred. Andrews, there's not a lot up here this week. Yeah, no, it, it's. And there's not a lot of punt options for like the second week in a row. I mean, you have all the way up top, Kelsey and, and Waller. Last week you had Waller. I think he's like, in terms of like having five receptions in a game, he's like tied whatever like the record is for tight ends for five receptions in a game straight. So he could break that next week, but he's been consistent. He had five catches, not a lot of yardage show because it was just a Josh Jacobs show. Uh, he'd be a nice and the ideal and prime run back in any Herbert stacks at 5,800. A price point doesn't change. I think I'll end up liking him the most. Like last week, he looked like the best like point for dollar value waller. So he looks fantastic. Kelsey in stacks probably is the only way I get to him. And then just a range of a bunch of guys who look decent, like Evan Ingram coming off of back-to-back. I mean, he continues to get targets actually now bringing in those targets and Daniel Jones last night was the best time that he's had all season to throw, which I wasn't expecting it to happen against Tampa Bay kind of broke down late in the fourth quarter. But if that happens again, yeah, guys like Evan Ingram, guys like Sterling Shepard, they're going to benefit from that. So uh, Evan Ingram at 4,300, I assume should pick up some ownership. And then a bunch of guys just like look like very meh options. So like when this usually happens, like we did last week, I'm either trying to pay all the way up punt and there was no punts last week. Doesn't look like there is this week. So pay all the way up or try and include a tight end uh, in my stack. Just to have some sort of upside with it. Talk to me, Ben. What do you got at the top here? Yeah, it's tricky. I don't know. I don't know how much salary I'll, I'll have left. Obviously if I do, I'll, I'll be more than content to take either Kelsey or Waller. You're not going to have to sell me on Evan Ingram. Naturally, I'll be going to him another 10 targets last night. It's not the best offense. We know Daniel Jones has some issues, but he's going to get that. I don't mind. You know, we talked a good amount about this Broncos game. Hayden Hurst kind of just does his thing. I don't think it's a great ceiling, but at the same time, it tight end overall to me looks pretty weak. And if you're just looking for someone to kind of maybe keep it steady give you, you know, 10 to 14 and kind of set the table for maybe another another explosive game from other players. I don't think that's the worst, but this is early in the year. Tight end, I thought was one of the strongest positions. I had a lot of options. More and more lately, it's really a struggle to find guys that I'm pretty comfortable playing. Uh, what about Albert Alcuig-Bunum? Albert, oh, so I had him on a last his last week. Name? Yeah, I mean, I just call him Albert O. I don't even pretend... To, Did I get it right, Sal? 
I have no idea. Oh, it sounded <laughs> right. Um, I, I listened to a YouTube video with someone pronouncing his name before the show. Because <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. A quick Boonham, I think. Sure. We'll go with that. So I watched that full game last week. I, I needed him, and he caught a touchdown on his lone target. But he really wasn't as integral a part of the offense. And they were trailing throughout, as I thought he would be. Now, he, him and Drew Locke, they have the Missouri connection. I think this guy is really good. I just worry about exactly how much you should he's going to get. So sub 3K, there's not much down there. But keep in mind, he was very, very, very live for a straight bagel last week, and he bailed himself out with with the touchdown catch. That's all that happened. Yes. The previous two weeks, he was actually getting a decent amount yes, of opportunities. But, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I think, like, if someone like him becomes chalk at a tight end position, then that's just the easiest thing to get away from in the world. Just go straight to Noah Fant, really, you know? Yeah, I mean, Fant was getting serious work in that game. And like I said, they were trailing. I was watching. You know, it's not like to say he didn't get a, a ton of snaps, but he certainly wasn't out there a bunch getting targets all over the place. That did not happen, and I don't know if it will this week once again. Guys, all of our shows are available in podcast form, by the way. So if you don't feel like listening on YouTube, if you want to put your phone in your pocket, close the screen, if you don't have YouTube Premium or something like that, uh, any podcast platform, we've got you. And for those of you just joining, maybe you're catching the end of it and you're going to jump back and watch later, welcome. Uh, we've got over 500 people watching now. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, it's totally free to do so. It'll make it so you know when our shows are going to drop. They show up on the feed more, and it helps us continue to do great free content uh, and, and keep doing it for free and, and keep building the channel here. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, click that subscribe button. And if you hate it, just click unsubscribe. Never talk to us again. Uh, Sal, talk to me about some value tight ends, and then we can close it out with our sub three, sub $2,800 defense. Yeah, so the value tight ends, like if we're going to go, I don't know, below $4,000 because there's that Hayden Harrison, Hunter Henry range, there's not much. Like the top of the tier has John o. Smith, has not been all that much involved. Logan Thomas is going to be coming off of a bye where he's been involved since Kyle Allen is there. So Logan Thomas at 3,700, especially in the red zone, he looks a lot like Trey Burton, but I think Trey Burton will, will project out or for maybe a little bit more ownership because he's not coming off of a bye. Uh, but Burton's being used a lot in the red zone as well. You saw another rushing touchdown last week. So I think I prefer Logan Thomas to Trey Burton there. Uh, but those are the only two guys that really stand out. You can keep an eye on what happens with Jordan Atkins coming off of the bye. I don't know if he'll, he'll get any type of big run there either way to split tight end room with uh, Darren Fells. So I'm trying to look for something to punt here. Like Dan Arnold's going to run routes. I don't really want that. Irv Smith, he's going to get back to like three targets, maybe four targets when they start to throw a little bit more, but there's not much. Ian Thomas runs, continues to run like 30 routes and just never sees targets. So anything like below 3K or even at the min price, you're probably not finding anything there. Yeah, it's tough. Jack Doyle scored in back-to-back weeks, but that's on very, very low volume and it's tough to, you know, rely on something like that against Baltimore too. So uh, no disagreements there. You might see Albert O get ownership for exactly that reason. All right, fellas, let's wrap this one up at defense below 2,800. Ben, the first honor goes to you. Good. Cause I, I think this is the obvious choice to me. It's the giants double digit sacks in every game. Kyle Island, Competitive game, uh, twenty seven hundred. I think that's a pretty easy pay down option this week. All right, I've got a different one than that, so this could be okay. fun. What do you have, Sal? 
Yeah, at this situation, I'll probably end up going to the Bills. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's been fantastic, but he is throwing interceptions. They are fumbling the ball. They have a ton of turnovers, actually, for how good they've been playing. That usually happens when you run a lot of plays overall and you play at a fast pace. So $2,400, I'll go to the Bills. I will note that the Giants do look very good. I'm going to go to uh, the Falcons. As much as I think Drew Locke is is viable this week, and, and a stack there, they are shorthanded in weapons. You know, Cortland Sutton, the loss there is killer. And Drew Locke makes some really bad decisions. The Denver drops a lot of balls that go into the hands of other teams. Falcons secondary is getting healthier. And they've actually sacked, they've actually gotten to the quarterback five times over the last two games, which had been a real concern. So do I love them? No, but at 2,500 uh, as home favorites, and I believe they're like four and a half, five point favorites here. There's reason to think that Atlanta could get, uh, put some work in against Denver. That'll do it for us, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Hit that thumbs up before you go uh, and continue to watch on the channel. Check Sal out at Sal Vetri DFS on Twitter and YouTube. Ben at Jazz DFS. If you're not following me yet, at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Show us some love, baby. Get out there. Win some money. There's no games tonight. I was going to say, you know what, Ben? I was going to say get out there and vote. But, man, I hate that shit where every single game, channel, commercial is telling me to vote, right? We know. And I'm They're calling you. They're What's calling that? you these days. What's that? Yeah, they call They're you. They're calling you these days. Cold it's calling crazy. These days. Of course I'm going to vote. I'm American. <laughs> but I don't need you to tell me. Anyway, get out there and vote. We'll see you back here next Tuesday on the First Look Strategy Show.